0: This is The Antidote on 92.7 FM.
1: This is where there's more the sun rises This is where there's more events This is where secrets are kept Secrets from the outside world And it's not seen as a life force Warriors often to protect Protecting the land From what lies outside Beware the forbidden earth Beware the forbidden earth This is where you shall not pass out this is why you shut up this is you
2: this is the antidote with Dave Hawkins Thanks for listening into Trent Radio and to all of our new listeners in the United States who have found us on Tuesday nights on 3R Radio based out of the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. You know, the cool thing about music created by Christians is that you'll find their music in every possible style. I mean, much of it's in the more typical formats of rock, pop, metal, but there are always a few artists who want to go beyond the ordinary and do something that's completely different. That's the case with tonight's guest, Splatter Guts of Blast from Oblivion. Horror punk won't normally be heard during Sunday morning worship service at your church, and you certainly won't be hearing it on mainstream Christian radio. But I always like to stretch everybody's musical boundaries on the antidote and the really great music from Blast From Oblivion will certainly shake up any ideas you may have had about what styles of music can fit into a Christian context. Our opening song from Blast From Oblivion was The Beginning, Forbidden Land. Next up comes a song with a title that I had to Google. Turns out that it describes the supernatural transformation of a person into a wolf. This is lycanthropy. And our talk with Blast from Oblivion's Splatter Guts.
1: A the mist as i close to you. Let you crawl up your spine. As you breathe the no you The ones who love suicide Is all that's in your head You breathe
2: Antidote has been joined by Splatterguts from Blast from Oblivion. Can we be casual and I'll call you Splatter instead of Mr. Guts? That's fine. <laughs> well, I'm sure that everyone wants to know where did you come up with the name Splatterguts?
0: Uh, I get that question asked a lot. Um, the name itself mainly came about from my love for horror. Splatterguts is a character that was created from past experiences. Uh, a monster that was and is a part of me. A monster I'll always struggle with and I'll always have to try to
2: keep under control. And
0: I believe that we all have a monster that exists in all of us.
2: So it's not just on the surface, it's not just the art, this is a personal topic for you. Yes, Okay, back to the horror aspect. Have you always been into horror? Like, I don't know what that entails. Is it film, art, graphic novels, comic arts? What is it that grabs your attention?
0: I've always been into it. Um, Well, it wasn't always as serious until I finally cleaned up myself. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I've always been into a lot of the graphic novels, comics, and stuff. Um, Mainly, you know, films and stuff, growing up with it. Um. I mean, I was, I was raised in a Christian home, but, um, you know, my family was always bringing in, like, you know, the old school slasher movies, like, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> just because, eh, curiosity, I think, you know? But, um, yeah, yeah, I've always been pretty big into
2: it. But a lot of Christians have issues with anything that's horror-related.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, and, and that's understandable, too. I think a lot of people limit themselves too you know and i think a lot of people are from the christian side are scared of stuff like that and they don't want to touch it or go near it and most of them don't even want to try to understand it they just keep away from it
2: so what should they be understanding from the horror film industry
0: it it's different for for each and every one of us i think that's something that they'd have to try to experience for themselves i mean for me it was a variety of different things but i wasn't always uh You know, living the Christian life. So, um, I was a little bit more open to a lot of things the blood and gore type movies and the suspense and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's just really
2: interesting. Okay. Well, you've opened up this topic. So you have to tell us what is your favorite horror film of all time?
0: (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, Well, this is sort of impossible for me to answer that because there's just way too many to choose from. Um, There's also different kinds of horror. You know, you got your classics like the Universal Monster movies, your B-horror movies, your slasher flicks, and the list goes on. But, I mean, right now, if I absolutely had to pick one, like at this particular moment, I would go with Evil Dead Part 2. And that's mainly because, well, I'm a really big Bruce Campbell fan, and um, he brings comedy to the horror and in The Evil Dead 2, uh, he brought like that whole slapstick comedy and horror together, and it was something that no one's really ever seen before. So it really got people's attention, and it sure got mine.
2: <laughs> it mean, got it got everybody's attention. That is just so bizarre.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> and you got to respect like you know everything that they went through to film the movie too. You know, being as low budget as it was too, it was really uh, difficult to film it.
2: Well, you're the expert, so what was the budget?
0: Oh, geez. Well, you know, I read, uh, I read one of Bruce Campbell's books, and it was really low. It was like something under like five grand, I think, when they did the first Evil Dead. So they, were, they really weren't working with much there. And, and that's a cult classic, too. You know, even Stephen King said in himself that it was just a really brutal, gory movie, you know, for that type of scene.
2: And I've never laughed so much through a movie as with that one. Okay, we're not just gonna sit here and talk about film. We gotta talk about your music. All right. <laughs> Blast from Oblivion, it's fitting into a really narrow niche of Christian mm-hmm. music. I mean, horror focused punk. Obviously, there's been a few others. Uh one of my favorites is the Deadlines, uh, Grave Robber, Blast of the Rocket Man.
1: I mean, all right. they all
2: fit that style. But right. have you ever thought that creating music like this might be be considered really like a contradiction between your faith and music
0: that really depends um a lot of believers have many limits and it's personal for each of us and we're all different um but i mean you know don't judge a book by its cover i mean i believe that most christians these days are very conservative and are very afraid to open up now with the horror genre i can understand why you know you'd ask something like this Um, how can something that is Christian come together with horror? For those who are familiar with the Bible should already know the answer to this in a lyrical sense, at least. I mean, in the Old Testament, there's plenty of horror. Or how about the book of Revelation? Plenty of horrors to come. You know, there's a lot to write about um, having to do with horror and, in the end, give glory to our Creator. And I've created what I believe is something new to the Christian scene. So questions like this are going to arise and... I'm prepared to answer those questions, but I mean, yeah, of course, I've thought about it. (laughs) Definitely thought about it.
2: Then are Christians being too narrow-minded or too conservative?
0: Probably. I've run into quite a few in my life, you know. Um, These days, it's it's funny, I don't really run into too many. I'm more well-known in the secular scene than I am the Christian scene, unfortunately. And, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you know, people that are into this style to see a different side of it. You know, the type of horror that I bring is, I guess you could call it a good type of horror, (laughs) if that makes any sense. I mean, there's different types. There's a good way to talk about it. And then there's, you know, the blood and gore and evil way of talking about it, I suppose.
2: But people run through horror in their lives. I mean, they reach difficult situations you know somebody died in a car crash and in some respects that's horrifying
0: oh right of course <laughs>
2: antidote is speaking with splatter guts of blast from oblivion. Your new album to hell and back, you did everything. I mean this is nuts. You did the instruments, vocals, the whole thing. Right. What kind of a challenge is that?
0: Um I guess it depends. The the, the challenge for me was uh the lyrics. I mean, I've been playing music all my life. I've been in and out of bands as a drummer, guitar player, bass player. So I've, I'm familiar with all the instruments. Um, so when I decided I wanted to do my own project, really the challenge was lyrics. Because, you know, what kind of project is it going to be? What do I really want to write about? What do I have to say? So I thought I'd bring something new to the table and write something having to do with horror. And, um, you know, the lyrics I write are all from past experiences and, and as far as like the recording goes, if that part's kind of a pain, you know, that's a, that's a long process. But I, I would say uh, the most challenging would be the lyrics just because, uh, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, writing Christian lyrics and putting horror with the Christian scene, you've got to really, you know, reach people. It's got to make sense. You know, you got to really know what you're writing about.
2: Well, I sort of laughed when we were setting up this interview because you had said that you worked the graveyard shift, and I thought, well, how appropriate could that be? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but with working a job, how do you find time then to do this? Because, again, you're recording every instrument.
0: Right. Well, unfortunately, my time is very limited, um, you know, with a wife and a little daughter, and then, yeah, the graveyard shift, its it can be really tough, Um I have to really plan around everything you know I really have to write things down on my calendar to get time to do these things but um, I guess I'm really thankful and really blessed that when it comes to recording and doing stuff and knowing what I want to write um, I can do things pretty quick like when when I know what I want and what I want it to sound like it just comes pouring out of me and I can actually record it pretty quickly so that's always a plus.
2: Well We were talking about you doing this as a solo effort, but you had some help from a fellow in Chile that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, he does the project Black Leather, and um, he does a couple other projects. His name is Zvai, I think is how you say his name. And he actually wrote lyrics to the song Under the Horns. Because when I asked him, like, you know, I said I could really use, you know, some input, and, you know, I want to get a couple people involved in this, you know. I said, let me send you the songs and maybe you can add a guest vocal part and write, you know, the lyrics to it. So I sent it to him. And then a couple hours later, he had sent me back all of the songs with all of the lyrics written and with like vocals like on everything. So I (laughs) messaged back and I said, so which part did you want to do? Did you want to be on the whole album? I'm confused. And he said that he just loved it so much that. He really couldn't make up his mind and, you know, (laughs) that there were so many parts to all of my songs and changes to it that he absolutely loved it. So I was pretty flattered, but I had told him I would use just the lyrics to uh, Under the Horns for him. He was pretty happy about that. It's pretty interesting.
2: That's so cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's die. Yeah, the night. Yeah, you go now? Yeah, that's bury your Control by the devil the bosses. No mercy.
2: songwriting, how do you start? You're going to start with the lyrics first or the music?
0: Lyrics are always the last thing. And that's just because, you know, I'll write something and it may have a different feel to it. You know, like if I write the lyrics first and then I write the music, it might be a little difficult to fit that type of mood of what I'm talking about. So I find it a lot easier to write the music, you know, if there's a part in there that's a little bit more emotional and or if something that sounds really, really brutal and angry, I'm going to want to kind of relate that to something and uh, then go from there with the lyrics.
2: And you set up To Hell and Back, the album, as a concept album. Maybe you could talk about the theme that you're trying to carry through on this.
0: Um, it's, um, long story short, it's it's about trying to escape my own private hell and discovering Christ in the midst.
2: So, you're writing your memoirs through the album
0: for this album, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't start out that way. Um, I actually didn't even plan for it to be a concept album. I just I went through different phases of writing random things, and strangely, it didn't work out. So when I decided, hey, you know, maybe I should write something a little bit more meaningful, maybe something to do with like my testimony, maybe put that in the album, maybe it'll reach people and get people's attention. So yeah, that's pretty much how it worked out. I decided to just kind of just go from there. And then at the end of like all the writing, I had looked at it and I had realized this is from start to finish, you know, my testimony from certain parts of my life. Like, you know, how cool is that, that I didn't even plan it? And that's when I named the album to hell and back.
2: The songs on to hell and back, they're not all doom and gloom. And I mean, many of them have a redemptive side.
0: Um. Well, yeah, when you read the the titles of the songs, uh, you wouldn't think at all that this is a Christian album.
2: <laughs> um, no, I mean, Severed from a Wretched Past and Dismemberment oh, yeah. Lane.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and one of my favorites, actually, is Severed from a Wretched Past. And uh, that song speaks about how I had lost all hope and faith, uh, disappeared, and um, I felt pretty much doomed, you know, until an angel came and helped pick me up and you know i believe that it was god that sent her to me and because of her my life completely turned around for the best that's what that song speaks of i actually wrote that song uh for my wife it's dedicated to her because she has a lot to do with uh you know with my past and with helping me out of a dark situation You know a lot of the songs sound like they're all doom and gloom but that's to get people's attention and you know with the song titles the the, one of the first things i thought was these have to sound really amazing these have to sound really brutal just to get people's attention and i think i've succeeded with that This is Splatterguts, and I'm with Blast from Oblivion. This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
2: You mentioned about your wife helping you to make the change. Oh, yeah. How so?
0: Well, years back, um, I had struggled with major drug addiction. Um, I was an alcoholic, and I was a very hateful and angry person. You couldn't talk to me like this years ago because you know, there, there would be something I would find offensive or, you know, I'd feel like I was getting attacked. So I was always on my guard and I, I was always just really looking for a fight. So, you know, I, I'm a completely changed person from who I was before. Now, towards the end, when I knew that I had to clean myself up and things needed to change because I had some scares with, you know, overdosing and almost getting arrested and being put away for a long time, I had some scares. Um, I had met this girl who was uh, actually a big fan of one of the bands that I used to play with a long time ago. And um, she had gotten contact with me and, you know, long story short, we met up and hung out a few times and things kind of started to pick up. I didn't really think much about it at the time because, you know, at that point in my life, I wasn't really, I guess I wouldn't consider myself a Christ follower. I was kind of just living for myself. So, um, I was sleeping around with whoever, you know, but when she came along, things really started to change and I had feelings for her and, um, she had thought it would be a great idea to quit drinking and to quit living a miserable life. And I had thought, okay, how can I do this? You know, because anytime I try to do it and I say, I'm going to clean myself up, I'm right back to doing it the next day again. So, um, she had actually moved me a couple hours away from, uh, where I was living at the time, just to get away from all the people that I had access to drugs, you know, and just, uh, you know, maybe just getting away from all the people that I would hang out with and get high with, you know, if I got away from all of that, and I just concentrated on, you know, a relationship with her, then I could change. And that's what she did. She had moved me in with her. And um, it just kind of took off from there.
2: So that was the blessing in your life.
0: She was, yes, yes. And You know, I realized that later that maybe God had a lot to do with it. You know, he works in mysterious ways. She came along, and along the way I had thought, you know, maybe it's a good idea to get back into, you know, following again and praying and trying to, you know, live a better life. You know, since I was a kid, I've always believed in Jesus. You know, I've always believed that he's the way. He died for me. You know, even when I tried to turn away and I was going through my uh, terrible times, in the back of my mind, I knew that that was the truth but I chose not to follow it for so many years. So, um, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to get back into it and try to clean myself up again, and so far, so good.
2: (laughs) So then, are you doing the album itself and the music more from an evangelical standpoint, where you're trying to convert people?
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my intention to do that. Um, I really was just doing it for myself, just to try to get out there to people, some of the hardships that I experienced. And um, when I ha- actually, when I had signed with uh, the label Skyburns Black Records, that's their mission, is to reach people, to experience the, the truth, to try to get it told to them in a different way through the type of music that they promote. So, um, And I guess you can do that with my album. I mean, um, I think whoever reads it is going to be more interested in, you know, personally, the things that I've gone through you know and that might be a good opportunity to tell people like my testimony and to try to explain to them you know so um but at first that wasn't really my uh, my goal to do that but if if the opportunity arises and people are curious and want to know I'm more than happy to to talk to them you know i mean that's our job i think as christians you know is to tell your side of things
1: Agony had wrecked my soul Tragedy still lost my spirit This chaos fattled my heart Constant flowing up my tears I was blinded to my faith To what my future To serve you, beauty now surrounds me Dating as into all the bad submission lies inside my heart Evil has been overcome, oh damn, oh shit, I ask you are. Now I see a light ahead. no more sorrow, no more tears Trenched in blood to serve you
2: tell you that i laughed when i saw the song name for the close of the album epiphany in hell i mean (laughs) i guess i'd never thought of that as actually being possible but i think i can see where you're trying to come from
0: well it uh yeah i guess it depends on how you look at it you know like i said earlier don't judge a book by its cover you know um but it's simple really um while struggling with all the evil i dealt with and uh had realized things needed to change but over and over and over again i had always heard the words you know how could you just forgive you know just like that how is it that easy for you god you know when i was when i was praying and um, that was evil trying to convince me that it is impossible evil is what put those words into my head So I struggled with it. So in the middle of all the drugs I was using and how angry and hateful I was with everything, and I knew I had to change. So I prayed and asked for guidance in the middle of all the horror that I was going through. And I got a vision. And for the first time in a long time, that's when I had asked God for help, you know, in the midst of all the hell that was around me. So that's pretty much like what that song speaks about. (laughs)
2: if someone was only able to listen to a single song from to hell and back which one do you want them to hear
0: man that's tough no one's asked me that before um i hear from a lot of people that i've asked like what their favorite song is and it always ends up being under the horns and i asked them why and they had said it's got a mixture of everything in there like from the lyrics from it sounding like horror and psychobilly and punk all mixed together and with elements of metal, too. So I guess that would be one song I think that I would want people to hear. Um, from a lyrical standpoint, though, man, that's tough, you know, because it is a concept album, so like they all kind of mesh together. Um, Vile Transformation would definitely be it from the lyrical
2: standpoint. But yeah,
0: that's, that's a really tough question.
2: So tell us about that vile transformation. What is it about the lyrics in that?
0: Well, it talks a lot about, you know, basically how evil's grabbed, like the human race, and you know, judgment's near, and how in the end, you know, evil's going to be destroyed by the light. Christ is going to reign in the end. It's already been won. That's really mainly what it talks about, and talks about me personally transforming, you know, and realizing a lot of things, basically being convinced that I need to go back and live my life a different way.
2: This is interesting, too, because there is so much Christian content to what you do, but you had mentioned when you're doing a show that Mm -hmm. it's not generally for Christians. What kind of acceptance do you get in that way?
0: Oh, what do you mean by doing a show? You mean playing a live show? Yeah, playing a live show. Oh, I don't play live shows. I've never played a live show with Blast from Oblivion. <laughs> it's mainly from when people just listen to me or they contact me or something uh, is what I meant by that. But no, if I were to do a live show, though, it would be uh, I'd have to find different musicians, you know, to fill in, which is actually in the works that might actually happen.
2: Maybe Blast from Oblivion would just do an acoustic set. That would be interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I don't know how that would work. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible, but um, I don't know. You never know. It's a good idea.
2: blast from oblivion with vile transformation and i want to thank splatter guts for allowing us to air the entire to hell and back album i mean it's really a great release so if you're looking for a copy of blast from oblivion's album you can pick it up through skyburn's black website as a cd and you can also pick it up as a download on bandcamp As I usually do on the antidote, the style of music on next week's show will once again be totally different. Dissident Prophet comes from the UK with their apocalyptic indie rock. Andy Jennings and Tom Livemore of Dissident Prophet met with me online to talk about their discography, their thoughts on Christianity and the church, and their new album, Red Moon Rising. We're going to finish our conversation with Splatterguts and a final song from To Hell and Back that might put you in the mood for a a zombie movie. Here comes Appetite for Flesh, and we'll see you next week. You have to tell us the truth. What What? does your mother think about the name Splatterguts, your music, (laughs) and your skeleton face paint?
0: Ah, geez. You know, she hasn't really said anything, because I've only been doing this uh, project for about a year now? Seriously? And I did a recent interview with someone from South Africa, and he had uh, wanted me to speak a bit about my testimony. So there's stuff in there that I've never spoken of ever before. And there's stuff that my family has never known. So they heard that interview, and my parents for the first time, you know, had looked me up. They're not really in tune with the music and stuff that I do, but they are familiar with, you know, you know, how I live my life and the stuff that I'm into and the horror and everything, you know. So when they took a look at the album and, you know, they saw the half skull, I'm pretty sure their response was, you know, that doesn't surprise me. But um, when they listened to that interview, what was more shocking for them, it wasn't the skeleton face. It wasn't, you know, the horror type of Christian stuff that I'm doing because they know me. You know, they know how I am and they know where I stand. So they understand it. What they were more concerned about was you know, my testimony and the stuff that I had gone through in my life, a lot of the the drug use and everything that yep. brought
2: tears to their eyes.
0: So, so no, the, the skeleton face and all of that, they don't really say much about it. I think they think it's kind of interesting.
2: And you haven't frightened your daughter with it yet either?
0: No. Um, the first time I put the makeup on experimenting with how I wanted to portray my image, um, I had went in and picked up my daughter with the half-skull makeup on, and she just giggled at it. <laughs> and pointed and laughed. That's how I knew that she was definitely my daughter, too.
2: <laughs> and a future band member.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Hopefully.
2: <laughs> Blast from Oblivion's Splatterguts has been here with the antidote. Man, this has been really enlightening. Thank you for joining in.
0: Oh, thank you very much. It was awesome to be on the show.
1: The misery, some control of history Travel the to any chance Leading me chase to toward the end And war! Annihilation! And war! What up next to host- All right, right, keep it